0: Sorry.
1: this is viewpoint with attorney and author chuck chrismeyer viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of america's
0: heart and home and now with today's edition of viewpoint here is chuck chrismeyer there are two very dangerous women that are mentioned in the bible they're both in the old testament the tanakh one is called Jezebel and the other is called Delilah. We hear an awful lot of talk, <clears throat> excuse me, about Jezebel, but we don't hear so much talk about Delilah. So Delilah's feeling left out. And so even though she is very active in the minds and hearts of many professing Christians, including their pastors, uh, we are going to give some focus today on that very dangerous woman and her spirit. Delilah, the Delilah spirit. So the question is, have you been enticed or captured by her spirit? Now, don't answer too quickly, friends. You may think, well, I'm not Samson. How could I possibly be captured by the spirit of Delilah? Oh, but I'm sure he probably thought the same thing at some point in time. But eventually she became his downfall. And yet he was anointed by God in a very special way. One of the strongest men, perhaps the strongest man that ever lived. That's right, Samson. To carry the city gates away, tear them from their moorings, and carry them away on his shoulders, and march down the road with the city gates on his shoulders. What a dude he was. And God had anointed him with that spirit. Because God had given him a very, very special place in his plan and purpose. But Samson, well, he was enticed. He was drawn away. And the rest is history. Today we want to make sure that you are not drawn away. And if you have been drawn away, that you run away from the spirit of Delilah and come back with a heart full of joy And trust in the Lord, because Delilah is on the move. I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Meyer. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. Today is no exception, friends, as our special guest, Andrew Toe, is joining us with his book, Breaking the Spirit of Delilah. He says there are a bunch of strongholds that uh, she brings into our lives and uses weaknesses in our lives to get her deceptive, manipulative claws into our lives and to lead us down the path of destruction. And he says the Delilah spirit is more than a seducing spirit. It can spot and capitalize on your weakness. It can attract you to things that will eventually bring about your destruction. And we don't want to be there, do we? So again, the question that hovers over our conversation today is, has the spirit of Delilah gotten hold of you? Do we have your attention yet? I hope so. Andrew Toe is joining us here with his wonderful books, Breaking breaking the Spirit of Delilah. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us. We haven't heard much talk about Delilah, have we?
2: Well, Chuck, it's an honor to be with you today and to be with your audience and it's a very uh, under-talked-about spirit that, uh, that the Lord began to reveal to me uh, through personal prayer time with the Lord and uh, just began to reveal to me of what we're dealing with much in the church in this hour uh, of this spirit that operated behind the woman. Well, now, uh, wait a it, minute.
0: You said the church. I think a lot of people would think, oh, well, Delilah would go after the unbelievers. Delilah would go after those people out there, you know, them out there. But the reality is Delilah goes after God's people.
2: Yes, this spirit goes after the warriors of God. It's to take down the purpose that God has created us for. And uh, it's a vision-killing spirit, and that spirit that operated... And the woman, Delilah, is still active in the world today. It's still a prominent in this society today, and it's going after people's dreams, their vision, their calling, their purpose.
1: Well, not
0: only that, but uh, it begins with a kind of spiritual blindness, and it can end with total blindness, just as it did for Samson, can't it?
2: That, that is so correct. That is, <laughs> it, 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 it is a vision-stealing spirit. It loves to, to cast out vision.
0: And you say in your book it seduces, entices, and causes even the strongest of Christians to fall asleep while it works in secret for Satan to gain an advantage over God's people. Now, we read from the Apostle Paul that we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, but apparently we are because Delilah's on the move she got, down, she got Samson down, and she's after everyone else on the near edge of the second coming, isn't she?
2: Absolutely. Uh, you know, it says don't be ignorant of his devices. So we have, to, the Lord is sounding an alarm, Chuck, of awakening, saying, look, this spirit, these things, the enemy, is after your vision, your calling, and your walk with God. But If we sounded a voice of awakening, see, I believe that's what this show and this conversation is doing today, is we are sounding an alarm of awakening, saying there's a real devil sent to steal, kill, and to destroy, and this spirit that operated through the woman, Delilah, is after your vision. It's after your family. It's after your church. It's after your home. And when we realize you know I'll never forget when the Lord began to reveal this to me I was reading uh, the story of Samson and Delilah mm-hmm. and uh, I began to read in verse 19 and this just hit my spirit uh, where she says where it says "And she made him sleep upon her knees oh. she caused the great champion to fall asleep she made him to sleep upon her knees, and that's what the enemy is doing in this hour. Well, the enemy is is called called
0: the culture today. The culture, then, is causing believers to sleep upon her knees and to seduce her into the welcoming arms, the seductive and welcoming arms of a culture that is increasingly hated, hating for God, and delighting in those who will embrace her seductive arms. That's where we are, and Satan uses the culture and other things in order to do that. And friends, today, uh, before we go further, I want to make this book available to you because there are so many that are caught in this, and by the time this program is over, you may actually come to the place where you realize, hmm, I think Delilah's been after me, too. Breaking the spirit of Delilah. $16. We'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. You can write to us at Save America Ministries, PO Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Remember what happened. Remember what happened to Samson. He was strong beyond strong. And Delilah took it from him. The Bible says that you and I should be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Don't let the spirit of Delilah steal it from you. Don't let it happen. And that's why we're talking about it here today on Viewpoint. With our new special friend, Andrew Toe. We'll be right back after this. Welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Today, we're confronting the spirit of Delilah and seeing how she operates and how in the world she captures the mind, the heart, the will, and the emotions of those who claim to be God's followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, she enables us to mistakenly characterize holiness as a religious spirit calling it legalism, and replacing God's presence with cheap and powerless substitutions, like casting a religious aura over the spirit of the world and say, we're just trying to win souls for Christ. And the spirit that operated the woman Delilah was one of seduction, deception, manipulation, torment, and accusation, and is working right now over time to seduce, and deceive professing Christians and the whole church in this hour on the near edge of the second coming. And her wicked deceptions have compromised many of God's chosen vessels. Our special guest again, Andrew Toe, with his book, Breaking the Spirit of Deliah. Andrew, I was just reading the other day of a uh, a, a report concerning one of the major uh spiritual, religious uh, gatherings of the church uh, coming out of Australia. And uh, many songs, an entire generation uh, has followed much of what came out of that particular group. But that's not all that came out of that particular group. The spirit of Delilah attacked that group majorly to the point where it's in litigation even as we speak under for criminal behavior uh, because Delilah was allowed to attack and take down the strength of those who had otherwise caused great blessing in the world. It's happening everywhere. We've been hearing reports of this ever since uh, the PTL scandal. We've been hearing reports of this all over the world, and it's increasing because if judgment begins at the house of God, which God says it does, then it appears we've already been seeing some of that, and we see how Delilah has been working, and is still working, and I think that's why we need to talk about it. What say you?
2: Uh, I could not agree more, Chuck. Uh you know, it does begin with the house of God, and we are seeing God, He, the Word says that he's the one that lifts up one and takes down another. And so I believe God's great mercy, as it was for Samson, God dealt with him privately before he ever allowed it to be exposed publicly. Samson had a pattern of sin, and he went down a slow descent of compromise. But if we study the life of Samson, we realize his sin began with his eyes, and he began to look on uh, foreign women and began to lust after them. You know, one of the greatest things that I learned uh, during this in-depth study was that Samson lusted for the very thing that God had called him to deliver God's people from, and that was the Philistines. He lusted for Philistine women But God had called him to be a deliverer to bring God's people out of bondage. And that's how the enemy operates, is he will begin to entice you with your eyes to begin to want something that is against what God has purposed you for.
0: Absolutely. Let's get particular about this, Uh, now you're going to begin to understand what this program is really about, because much of the teaching and preaching of our country today is about Biblical or spiritual information. The problem is it never gets precisely applied. And so the the effect of it is very little transformation comes from it. So we become informed but not transformed. And yet the Bible does not tell us to be informed. It tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So if we want to begin to apply this, and I think you gave the key, that Samson was enticed through his eyes. That was the beginning of sin in the world, wasn't it? Eve Eve looked upon the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it looked good to her. Even though God had warned, it looked good to her. How many men are enticed by their eyes today? Well, we know 70% of professing Christian men make it a point at least once a month to observe porn. 40%, 30 to 40% of their pastors admit that porn is a problem in their own lives. Now, 34% of professing Christian women Admit to pursuing porn. And we think that the spirit of Delilah isn't upon us? It's triple time, isn't it?
2: That's right. it's so, uh, you know, available for people uh, to to walk down that path. But I am encouraged. I just got back from a youth conference uh <laughs> in Hamilton, Alabama, where thousands of youth, even all the way to the parking lot, sitting in the parking lot, began to worship Jesus. We had, I don't know how many that came for deliverance from pornography, from same-sex attraction, and we were praying in the altars, and this was a genuine touch of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not naive to think, you know, one prayer is going to uh, just transform their life. They have to have As you said earlier, the Bible says transformation by the renewing of the mind, and that comes from the Word of God. But this is something that just came alive in my spirit because we see so much negative concerning, especially Gen Z and the younger uh, generation, but I see a hunger that is rising up. But we've got to warn them of this spirit that is after their destiny. And uh, that's why I'm so glad that you're doing programs like you are, that is warning believers that even though you love God, even though you're serving God, there's a real devil that is sent to destroy you.
0: Well, it is interesting. Samson had a goodly heritage. Yes. Samson had a godly heritage. He came out of Israel. He was an Israelite. And God had even told his parents... That he was to be a Nazarite from his birth. In other words, he was like a called out one of the called out ones. <clears throat> he was to be a premier representative of holiness and righteousness. One of the things that I have discovered over the years <clears throat> since I left the practice of law and we formed Safe America Ministries is there has been a very big effort to worship, uh, to, to elevate our godly heritage, which is all well and good. The problem is that we have elevated the godly heritage to a kind of worshipful role into which the heritage itself becomes almost an idol while we continue to fall away from the god of that heritage. That yeah. seems to me to be the suction, the seduction of the spirit of Delilah right there.
2: <clears throat> I, agree. I agree with that. Uh, It's a dangerous route when you um, go down the path of just believing, well, this is the heritage. No, God wants a personal relationship with you. And with Samson, like you said, he was the called out of the called out. He was a Nazarite from birth. But there was a threefold vow for the Nazarites to keep. And all three vows, Samson ended up breaking his vows to the Lord, Mm-mm-mm. and that, br- that brought him to the epicenter of destruction. And I'm, I'm afraid that uh, America and the world, this generation, is going down that same path where we are compromising here, compromising there, but the Church, we are the Church. We've got to, to awaken and set the standard. The world's the world. They're going to be the world but we've got to set the standard and it begins in the church and it begins with the people of God saying, I'm rising up in this hour and this is not right. That, we've got to begin to say, this is not right, that is not right. We can't stand for this. This is against God's word.
0: Here's what I see happening. I see us rising up against things out there that we don't see as right. On the other hand, We, I don't see us rising up in God's own house against the things in our own house that God sees are not right. Let me give you an illustration. You live in the Bible Belt of America, don't you? Yes. Okay. I am in the Bible Belt of America as well. For the past 25 years, the divorce rate in the Bible Belt of America has exceeded the nation as a whole by 50%. Did you know that?
2: I I was not aware of that. Yeah,
0: And uh, during the same period of time, the divorce rate among our pastors has equaled that of their parishioners, according to a Hartford Seminary study. Did you know that?
2: I, I, I knew it was about equal, yes.
0: Okay. So the reality is that the very things that we're focusing on out there with them are actually taking place in God's own house and are actually being wrapped in the warm arms of Delilah even in the Bible Belt of America. That is so true. Try to figure that That one out. It's so true.
2: And, you know, I believe that God is tired. I know that he is tired of this double standard because it does start within the church. We know God's word, and, and with leadership, uh, you know, uh, with those that have taken us, that have taken that role of leadership, we've taken on a higher calling, we've taken on a bigger responsibility. So we can't just laugh it off as, you know, well, we're human, we make mistakes, and of course we're human, and of course we make mistakes. No wait a minute, but you're, you're a pastor,
0: pastor, you're not human, are you? <laughs>
2: Oh, sometimes I, I wished I was not. But yes, we're we're human. We make. Mistakes. I guess we find that
0: out from our wives, huh? Yes, yes. My <laughs> wife is quick to remind me. Uh, okay. But, well, when but the power do, of God came on way. Samson, he was able to do in the natural or seemingly in the natural that which was not possible for any man otherwise to do. But in spite of that special anointing from God. It didn't seem to resonate as all that important to him. He wanted what he wanted, and his eyes determined what he wanted. Our eye gates are very powerful, especially for men, and uh, it seems to me that that's where we need to really begin our focus. Reminds me... uh, Andrew, of a song that we used to sing when I was growing up. Watch your eyes, watch your eyes, what they see. Watch your eyes, watch your eyes, what they see. There's a father up above looking down in tender love. So watch your eyes, watch your eyes, what they see. Watch your ears, what they hear, and so on. Watch your feet, where they go. Those seemingly simple little songs were extremely powerful directives for the spirit of god to take a grip on our lives and to walk in faith i think
2: yes i i agree there's a profound truth that comes with the simplicity of those songs and uh, i believe that's where the uh, origin of those songs came because they knew the power of vision they know the bible teaches us the power of vision All vision is not wrong as long as you direct it in the way that God wants it directed. Uh, You know, vision is one of the most powerful things because, you know, we see that throughout the Word of God so many times. He he, he told Abraham, as far as the eye can see, I'm I'm giving this to you, this land to you. Uh, Without a vision, people perish. So vision is very powerful, and the enemy knows that, and that's why he comes in to corrupt our vision or entice us with things that that should really uh, never uh, come across our, our, uh, our vision set. It should never come across our eyes. But the enemy knows what will bring us down and what will take us down a road that we're not called to go on. And he knew exactly what he was doing with Samson.
0: Oh, yeah, he, he sure did. And Samson,
2: if he's been a counterfeit, then Samson would go for the counterfeit.
0: Well, the road to hell begins at Compromise Corner, doesn't it? It really does. Friends, Breaking the Spirit of Delilah, uh, $16 will put this uh, very encouraging and fascinating and insightful book in our hands. Call us 1 800 SAVE USA. It's on our website, saveus.org. Get a copy. We'll be back. Will Stormy Daniels take down Donald Trump? Stormy Daniels said she didn't have an affair with him. I have it in writing. She said she didn't have an affair with him. Oh, but some of the evidence seems to indicate toward that, and that isn't really the problem. The problem is, and there was no illegality there, the problem is that this incident is giving rise to something bigger. And that's what happened with Samson. You see, he went down to his his parents. He wanted them to get him a bride out of the daughters of the Philistines. He said, is there no woman among the daughters of the relatives uh, of the Philistines? And his parents responded, there's no woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all your people that you must go down to take a wife from the uncircumcised pagan Philistines? And here was Samson's response. Get her for me because she looks pleasing to me. She looks pleasing to me. That's exactly what Eve said in the garden. You see the dish, the problem what we see with our eyes is often our downfall. Just letting that sink in with a little pregnant silence there. Now, let's talk a little bit about Samson's Nazarite vow. What did it really mean? Uh, Andrew, there are aspects to this that, uh, basically Samson, uh, defied all aspects of his Nazarite vow. And, uh, by doing that, he broke this threefold, broke this threefold vow which the scripture says, do not make a vow to the Lord and then say it was an error. Don't say before the angel it was an error. No, you keep your vows. So what's the deal here with Samson and vows?
2: Well, Samson was a Nazarite from birth, as we, we've stated before. And so in that, there's a threefold vow, which he would not drink strong drink or wine. He would not. Uh, he would not cut his hair. Uh, That was a separation. That was a sign of separation for God's purpose. Mm -hmm. And he would not touch dead things. Now, throughout the study, we learned that Samson went down this road of compromise and eventually did all three things. Um, You know, one of the keys that I learned, and I never had seen this in scripture before, is that when he was going to marry his Philistine wife, uh he was on his way and the word says that he was walking through the vineyards now he was not allowed to be in the vineyards as a Mm -hmm. Nazarite. he was not allowed to even eat of the fruit of the vineyards as a nazirite what was what was he doing in the vineyards you know he was playing
0: footsie with with his vow how Absolutely. many Christians are playing footsie with their vow when they're spending their time in the bars and with the increasing dominance of wine in our culture? Think it's, about it. It's,
2: it is uh, mind-blowing. Um, you know, people, we've got to get away from the mindset of what can I do and get away with, and still get to heaven.
0: Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you think that, that actually is a mindset out there, Andrew?
2: Uh, as a pastor, I've had people come to me and say, can I still go to heaven if I do this? And right. I said, it's not about getting to heaven. It's about living for God. And exactly. it's about... Having him be the Lord of your life, not just the Savior, but the Lord of your life.
0: It actually is the prevailing spirit, I think, in the church today. Yes. What can I get by with? I call it loophole living. (laughs) You know, they criticize they. You you hear so many within the Christians within the church say that's legalism, and yet they're the most legalistic of all because they're looking for legal loopholes. That's right. Think about it. I love
2: that. Loophole living. I'm going to have to use that.
0: Well, that's good. I'll let you use that. There won't even be a fee attached to it. (laughs) (laughs) So Samson ended up uh, defying his Nazarite vows, and uh, he ends up marrying this Philistine woman, and uh, things didn't go well. What happened?
2: Sitting in the same
0: tree that Delilah had to betray him, uh, she ended
2: up he got mad and and, and left with holding each other. We're losing. Married. We're losing your voice. Oh, sorry. Uh, you married
0: her. We're um, losing your voice. Okay. You need to speak directly into your phone instrument. Okay. I'm. Can you hear me
2: now?
0: It's getting worse. Okay. Can you hear me? That's much better.
2: Okay. Uh, he married the Philistine bride, and she ended up betraying him, as Delilah would do uh, later on in his life. Mm-hmm. And so she betrayed him. He, uh, she was given to his one of his best men or groomsmen as a, a wife, and uh, so she she betrayed him as well he was attracted to women who betrayed him who lied to him and that's how the enemy works as he will put uh, an attraction or try to make you romance things that are forbidden as believers and as warriors of
0: god all right let me let me let's apply this again because this is in the sexual arena but how about the word, the scripture where paul says be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers I wonder how many businessmen, Christian businessmen, are attracted to enter into business deals with unbelievers, partnerships and so on with unbelievers. How are we seduced to do that?
2: You know, I think when we desire success or we desire things, More than we desire the will or the plan or the purpose of God, we're in dangerous territory.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. That's really the point, isn't it? It really is. So when you dance with the devil, what's likely to happen? Delilah's going to rule over you, right?
2: That's right. (laughs) That is right.
0: Okay. So the story continues on. And he ends up marrying again. Uh, it's like deja vu all over again. And he has this love affair for another Philistine woman by the name of Delilah.
2: Right. He he ends up, uh, of course, he goes to a prostitute, which, you know, we don't need to define that's against the word of God. But uh, then he falls in love. The word says he loves Delilah. Mm-hmm. He loves her. And the men, the interesting thing about Delilah, now this is powerful, is the name Delilah is a Hebrew name. So a counterfeit name was given to a Philistine woman. And that is how the enemy works. Mm -hmm. He'll make it sound good. He'll make it even look good. It It might sound religious. Come on. It it, it sounds like church. It sounds like, you know, that sounds (laughs) spiritual. That sounds like, you know, accepting and let's love all, and God's about love. No, if it goes against his word, it's not of God.
0: So when Jesus said whoever divorces their spouse causes him to commit adultery, and whoever marries the one so divorced commits adultery, then when we take exception to that, we're at actually dancing with Delilah.
2: It's dangerous territory, Chuck.
0: <laughs> okay, dangerous territory. And uh, how dangerous can dangerous be?
2: It can be destructive of even your life. It can be destructive definitely of your purpose. And your family. And and even your eternal
0: destiny, because the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians uh, 6 says, uh, don't be deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor practicing homosexuals, and so on, are going to inherit the kingdom of God. Unless unless they repent, of course. That's right. So this is very dangerous indeed.
2: Absolutely. This has eternal consequences.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So... The demonic spirit of Delilah is in operation today. And uh, you say it grips its claws around the throat of many believers in the church. The agenda has not changed since Samson's day. The goal of the Delilah spirit is to entice you away from your kingdom authority and and rob you of your strength, and it begins with deception. What you did not know, Andrew, is that just a few years ago, I wrote a book called The Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception. It's our second best-selling book ever. You know why? Because when people read it, they discover how poignant piercing the word of god is how practical and intensely relevant it is we don't have to conjure up relevance it's spread over all of the pages and uh when we talk about this delilah spirit when we talk about the jezebel spirit uh, we're we're going for the jugular, so to speak, as the things that are confronting the body of Christ on the near edge of the second coming, aren't we?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. The enemy is raging in this hour, and uh, the sad truth is that much of the church has given themselves over to these spirits that have ruled. And have taken prominence again in this day and age, and so you know I believe that God is raising up programs like yours, He's raising up books like this one mm-hmm. to to uh, uh, lift up a sound that says, "Listen, I, I'm sounding an alarm." Now I don't know about you, but when my alarm goes off and I'm sleeping, it annoys me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want. You're kidding. You just kind of <laughs> like to sleep, don't you? You the must be like the I... average Christian today. Yes.
2: <laughs> and, and, and so I want to hit the snooze button. And that is what believers uh, want to do in this hour is we yeah. want to hit the snooze button. So playtime is saying, over. We'll talk up.
0: about that when we get back from this break, friends.
1: We're starting to get into the real deep weeds now. Andrew Toe, our guest. Have you ever considered what the early church was like?
0: confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective here today as we talk about breaking the spirit of Delilah that captured Samson and nearly destroyed him, took away his uh, sight, uh, he ended up blind, and only by the mercy of God uh, was he allowed to have his hair grow back to Nazarite length, regain his strength, So that God could accomplish through him, despite all of his compromises and sin and rebellion against the authority of God and his word. At least he humbled himself in those final days to bring down the temple of Dagon and 3,000 of, I believe it was 3,000, maybe it was a 1,000 of the, uh, the Philistines on his head. Now, as we move forward here today, I want to make a comment, and this may seem rather shocking, Andrew, but during the break, I believe that the Lord showed me that the church growth movement, beginning in the early 1970s, was driven by the spirit of Delilah. That metastasized into the seeker-sensitive movement in the late 1980s and through the 1990s. That was driven by the spirit of Delilah amplified like on steroids and that has what has taken dominion over the church from coast to coast our evangelical churches and so on you say well how is that like driven by the spirit of Delilah because it was motivated by embracing compromise to seduce unbelievers into our congregations by not teaching and preaching the full counsel of God, so to make the unbelievers comfortable. Now, isn't that like putting people to sleep? Spiritually? I believe it
2: is. It it is. It it definitely is. And it's what the scripture describes as having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You got that right. We meet together every week, we call ourselves a church, but we're going to deny the power thereof. And we see that ever-increasing uh, in, in day by day, minute by minute. Uh, we see the church going in this form of trading the Word of God in favor of church growth. I'm not against church growth. I'm all for
0: church growth. Well, God brings about the growth of the church. Jesus said, "I'll build my church. You make disciples." We decided to to uh, build churches and haven't made disciples.
2: Exactly, and uh, you know, it's, it's not through compromising the word or or replacing the presence of God with good production that that is not the secret to building the church. Mm-hmm. It is seeking after God and allowing Him to build the church
0: All right, now here's the interesting thing we have that song that used to say put your head on my shoulder well Samson went way beyond that Delilah said put your head on my lap and he went to sleep wow how are we put to sleep as God's people today have we really put our heads on the laps of the spirit of Delilah
2: you know, I believe so. I, I see this. I, I pastor in Chattanooga, but I also travel. Uh, I have an itinerant ministry where I travel to different churches and revivals, and uh, the majority I have seen is that we have uh, traded the presence of God for in in favor of making everyone feel loved and accepted. Mm. Listen, the fact that you're loved is that Jesus died on the cross for you. The fact that you are loved is that he wants to free you from your bondage, not leave you there. And uh, so I believe as we put our head in the lap of Delilah, so many situations led up to that point where she began to uh, manipulate him. She began
0: to press. We're him. losing you again.
2: The word says that she pressed him daily.
0: We're still Let's losing so. you, Andrew. Okay. There, I, there we are connection. again. That's good. Okay.
2: Uh, but she pressed him daily with her words, and that's how the enemy does is He will press us. He will afflict us. And then we're left at a place of desperation mm. where we lay our head in the lap of something that we know will destroy us but we're so desperate for relief, and that's where he was.
0: Okay, well, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life are not of the Father but of the world. So what we're really talking about is the spirit of the world defined by the, uh, the lustful, manipulative spirit of Delilah. It's another way of looking at it, and uh, I think you've done a great job here in expressing that. Uh, in in your book. And, friends, the book is called Breaking the Spirit of Delilah, uh, Accessing God's Power to Topple Ancient Strongholds. And uh, they're not just ancient strongholds. They're right here before us as we speak. We're not talking about then. We're talking about now. And uh, if Jesus is coming, and he's coming relatively soon, then the Bible says that whoever that has that hope in him will prepare himself even as Christ is pure, will purify himself even as Christ is pure, which means uh, the spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of Delilah, cannot be operative, we cannot be yielding to these spirits in our lives. And when we have, when we are, we have the hope that is given to us to repent, to confess it openly without excuse, and then to repent. Uh, to turn from it, and the Scripture says that if we will do that, that God our Father is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we persist in pursuing the spirit of Delilah or the spirit of Jezebel, then what, Andrew?
2: Then it it will end in destruction.
0: Not a pretty picture, not a pretty picture. And uh, if you were to read the book of Revelation, chapter 2, uh, where Jesus himself defines uh, the spirit of Jezebel at the church of Thyatira, uh, you will find that Jesus is not going to play games with that spirit. So uh, I think a lot of people have not read the book of Revelation, chapter 2, the message to the church of Thyatira, but they probably ought to do so because it's part of the authoritative word of God. All right, now, I like what you say. You are not called to live an average or carnal, that is, fleshly Christian life. No, you and I are God's ambassadors on the earth. So that means to me... Uh, Andrew, that I want as an ambassador to accurately represent the spirit of Christ on this planet. If I'm caught up in the spirit of Delilah or Jezebel, that is such a compromised spirit that it actually distorts and deceives others into thinking you can walk in the flesh and still please god
2: that's right that's right that's what that's what he did that's what samson did he was able to do these great feats for god and the anointing would come upon him but then there came a point where god was saying okay you've reached the point of no return however god's grace still came upon him and he had one of the greatest comebacks in history And he did more in his death than he did in his life.
1: But he still lost his
0: life.
2: Exactly. My prayer is that every listener, every reader that is listening to your program today will recognize this spirit and say, I am fleeing from this spirit. I refuse to compromise and to give into this spirit because God has a purpose for their life.
0: Mm absolutely. So you say it's time to stop playing games.
2: Yes, playtime is over.
0: Playtime is over. I agree. You can't. St- we got to stop playing church. We got to stop absolutely. playing Christian. Mm. That's so true. Mm mm mm. I call it tough talk for troubled times, but indeed, if we're preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour and the coming of the of the Just One who is going to judge the world in righteousness, uh, these things have to take root in our hearts and mean something, don't they?
2: That's the only way—is if we truly mean it with our hearts. That's the only way.
0: Now you've got, got to get out got, of you have a couple of kids, don't you?
2: I do. I have a. A 12-year-old, she just turned 12 last week, Mm -hmm. and a 5-year-old.
0: All right. Well, you've got all your challenges ahead. Oh, by the way, (laughs) a message just came out concerning uh, Disney World and how they were openly and intentionally seeking to uh, completely redefine uh, sexuality and uh, to use everything that they have to uh, bring about the transfer of sexuality from the uh, biblical form of sexuality to transgenderism uh, the practice of homosexuality and to do it with impunity is that also part of the spirit of delilah
2: you know chuck anything to do with compromise against the word of god is operating in that spirit so i would have to say yes to that because It is trying to pervert the scriptures Mm -hmm. to make God's champion. Uh, They're desensitized to what God's word has said.
0: But what if Christians continue to play games with it?
2: It will overtake them. You know, Mm -hmm. my prayer is that we have enough people sounding the alarm that people, the people of God finally awaken Mm -hmm. and we say no more. No more are we going to to play both sides of the fence. No more are we going to to tip our toes in the things that will bring destruction.
0: Mm -mm -mm. Now, with kids five years of age and 12 years of age, brother, i got to tell you, you've got your challenges ahead. Uh, How are you preparing them uh, to identify this uh, spirit of Delilah that would seduce them away from the Lord?
2: You know, I don't know if any parent can do a 100% right, but I know that from the time that my wife and I conceived our daughter, I started praying for her. And even now, I have restricted certain, you know... uh things mm-hmm. that we don't allow in our home we don't allow her to participate in certain things mm-hmm. but even as far as dressing as far i mean there's so much of the world that is trying to grip yes. even the church right and so we have to guard that's one of the jobs of a father is to guard to yeah. govern and to guide
0: so we can't just adopt the go along to get along idea because it's just hard to uh, to stand in the evil day
2: Exactly. Having done all the stand, stand there for.
0: Andrew, thank you so much for joining us here on Viewpoint today, Breaking the Spirit of Delilah. Uh, I I have to admit that in the 28 years that uh, we've been doing this, I have never come across another book that I can recall uh, dealing with this in, in quite this fashion. And so it caught my attention, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, had this Revelation from the Lord as to how this applies to our lives today. Uh, again, we're we're always daily confronting the deepest issues that touch our hearts and homes from God's eternal perspective. To God, this is much more important than what we're seeing going on with China and Russia and Ukraine and uh, uh, Iran. As important as those things are, this is what really matters to God, isn't it? It is
2: it All really right, brother, is.
0: giving you a holy hug here over the airwaves. And again, friends, get a copy of the book, Breaking the Spirit of Delilah, $16. On our website, saveus.org, give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. the box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, adding a check. Add $5 for uh, postage and handling if you're writing a check. And become a partner with us. We can't do this alone. God is trusting you, and we're trusting you together that we can continue to keep this program going until the Lord returns. God bless and be a blessing.
1: You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our
0: listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation.
1: Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.